Bobby, it's only fitting that the greatest weekend in NFL playoff history be summarized by the guys who run the greatest podcast in sports history, Chatter Up. And we're going to do that for you this week. We will talk the insanity that was the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, the craziness that was Chiefs-Bills, the collapse that almost came to be in the Rams beating the Bucks. The disappointment in Green Bay of Aaron Rodgers not being able to at least get his team to the NFC Championship game. The elation in Tennessee, in the Bengals, rock locker, not in Tennessee, of the Bengals. A team that I have said all year long is not ready for for primetime getting to the AFC Championship game. But lest you think we're only going to talk football in this episode, you're wrong. We'll fit in a tiny, teeny, tiny bit about the NBA before we end talking about how we would change the overtime rules. But Bobby, no overtime necessary for this podcast. We give you the best content you will get all in one regulation episode. This weekend elicited a lot of emotions, positive, negative, and everything in between. And you're going to need an outlet for those emotions. And when you need that outlet, please express them on Twitter or on Instagram and tag us at chatter underscore up. Also hit us up with an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those raw emotions. They're what drive this podcast forward. And with that, it is time. Jared one history-making weekend to another history-making day. You ready to do this thing? I'm not Tom Brady. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. No contemplation of retirement. No losing this week. Let's do it. Then let's do this and let's chatter up. Jared, you ever seen any sporting event? Yes, I have. (laughs) Live or on TV where... You thought to yourself after you watched that, wow, that was special. It's funny you're asked that. I definitely have, but I was trying to think of, because obviously we're you know referring to the NFL games here and the Bills-Chiefs game. When was the last time I felt that way watching a game? I, I couldn't really remember off the top of my head, Bobby. You know, there have been like great moments. You know, I think about like, you know, Jalen Suggs almost half-court heave mm-hmm. last year in the NCAA tournament. That was pretty cool. The one I would kind of thought of was the Dodgers raise that game. What was it? Game five with that crazy ending. Yeah. Just sometimes you just see something and like, as it's happening, you're, you, you realize you're witnessing history more than just like a cool moment, but like, it's one of those things that you'll like forever reference and tell other people about in the future about how crazy this thing was as a as an event not just one play and so that's where we go that's where we go man i'm i'm gonna defer to you here where we start but this weekend was nuts you of course bobby are referring to the unbelievable slate of games that was the divisional playoff round the NFL stuck it to us because last week we were complaining, you know, there were five games, only two of them were really competitive. And even those two, like they weren't great games. They were just kind of competitive. Well, this week, the NFL totally flipped the script. We got four ultra competitive games, so competitive that they came down to literally the last play of the game in each instance. Let's start. We'll go in reverse order because that to me, that's the that, that's the order of the most interesting storylines here. So let's start with the last game of the weekend, Bobby. Bills, Chiefs, many people 
are saying that it is the greatest playoff game ever played, not just like in the NFL. We're talking about like across sports in terms of excitement. The tension was, was, I mean, just out of control, obviously close game throughout the last two minutes in overtime, just heart attack inducing here. So I guess let's start with the, the losing side here, the bills, Bobby, because that's what, you know, people like to focus on the, the negative. So, I mean, if you're a bills fan, how do you get up this morning? You know what I mean? Like when you look back on that, what will be the thing that kind of sticks in your craw the most? How do you get up in the morning? If you're a bills fan that you have Josh Allen and yeah, you that's have, what everyone keeps saying. And you have like one of the three best quarter. Here's the thing. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback. Yeah. Almost, almost exclusively over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, Super Bowls have been won by like absolute legends. Now, Nick Foles exception, you know, Joe Flacco exception, but all in all, if you have a stud quarterback, you always have a shot at winning a championship. And this Buffalo team will have a shot next year at winning a championship more so than most. And you also can take solace in the fact knowing that your quarterback knows how to play in the biggest situations. So there's that. Otherwise, you don't. You just don't get up. You just stay in bed and stay there for a long time. <laughs> you know, what's the taste left in your mouth? I don't know. It's one of two things to me. It's either the lack of decision to kick the ball inbounds with 13 yeah. seconds left, or it is whatever those play calls were on that 13 second drive to get the chiefs into position. You know, I'm sure there are a bunch that are going to be butthurt by the overtime rules. And we can talk about that. I'm sure there are those that are going to be butthurt by Tyreek Hill getting loose and going down the field Valid things, but I think the things that will probably stick with the most is the defensive play calling and the indecision to kick the ball in play to, to make some seconds go away. I, I have to imagine those are the things that are sticking out of their mind. The way we look at the league now has changed so much. It's crazy because I feel like me and you, our generation is kind of like, I don't want to say the last generation, but like me and you remember a time where if a team got the ball back with 45 seconds like that was not enough time for them mm -hmm. to go down the field like the expectation was wow it, it'll be like it'll be extraordinary if they make it down the field and kick a field goal to tie the game and over time that has gradually decreased right because the game has shifted so much in favor of the mm -hmm. offenses that they make it and obviously the quarterbacks are just they're so good now that you know that that number keeps dwindling that being said like if you told the bills fan Will you sign for this right now? You're going to be up by three points, kicking the ball off with 13 seconds to go to the Chiefs. They have two timeouts. Every single person would have signed for that, of course. 100%. At the same time, like me and you were both watching the game, and neither of us is thinking, neither of us is thinking 13 seconds is too much time. Like we thought the Bills had played it to perfection. That's about as good as you could do it. You score the, the touchdown to give you the lead. You leave them 13 seconds to go. But neither of us is also like, well, that's it. Like they don't, there's no way the chiefs are going to be able to tie this game. And lo and behold, it was even easier than we thought we were thinking, okay, either they're going to have to take like a hail Mary throw, which, you know, if Patrick Mahomes, all these great receivers, they could convert, or it's going to have to be like Justin Tucker against the lions earlier this year, like a minimum 60 yard kick could Butker make it. Yeah. But he'd been having trouble earlier in the game. So 
you're in a pretty good spot with the Bills. Just way too easy. Turns into a 49-yarder. I mean, that's not a particularly difficult kick under today's standards. It's not an automatic, of course, but not particularly difficult. I just feel so for Bills fan. I, I totally hear what you're saying. Josh Allen, yeah, that is the silver lining to this. Your guy played his guts out, as played as well as you can play, Bobby. Nice, but nice. It, it just, I mean, you can't blame him, obviously, but it just wasn't enough in this instance. And you, you will presumably have that guy for the next 12 to 15 years. But given this team's history of, you know, losing the four Super Bowls in a row and then being irrelevant for 25 years, and now you have this absolutely crushing loss. I just feel for them. But let's flip the coin here, Bobby, and talk about the Chiefs. I mean, they've been hot for a while now. They had that stretch in the middle of the year, that malaise where they, you know, just didn't look like a good team at all. Now they seem to have everything clicking. Are the Chiefs in your mind of the four teams remaining? And we can talk about Bengals Chiefs a little later. Are they the undisputed favorite right now? Uh, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? How do you bet against him? You know, it's like betting against Tom Brady, who again, we'll get to in a second, but Patrick Mahomes just won a football game after playing one of the best quarterbacks in the league who had one of the best player performances ever. And a great defense. Yeah. Like if you're going to tell me that the Rams have as good of a defense as Buffalo. Okay. Like maybe, okay. We can have that conversation, but to say that the Rams are a better team than Buffalo, like on paper, I just don't agree with that. I don't see that. And to say that they're better than, than Kansas city. I mean, shush. look, if Kansas City's defense plays anywhere halfway decent, it ain't going to be anybody else, man. It's just too yeah. good. You know, it, it happens. It happened last year. But if you're asking me who the odds on favorite is, it has to be Kansas City. It has to be Patrick Mahomes. It has to be the defense that was one of the best in the league over the last eight, eight weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Kansas City over the rest. you see it differently? I, I want to, but I can't. I mean, this guy... I'm, you're going to ask me to bet against a guy who just drove his team, whatever it was, 60 yards in 13 seconds to tie the game. And then just, I mean, the ease with which he handled the Bills defense was just incredible. I mean, we kept saying they kept getting near him. They couldn't bring him down. He can make, when he is just on, so elusive. Like, yeah, it's like you, he, he might not be, I, I could accept the argument. You could tell me he's not the best quarterback in football week to week. I mean, he's obviously up there, but someone says to me, Tom Brady is the best right now week to week or Aaron Rodgers. I could accept that, but peak Patrick Mahomes, there's no one like him. When he's on top of his game, he is his ceiling is higher than anyone I think we've ever seen because he can make any throw and he can move. It's like like Brady and Rodgers, those guys are to a degree dependent on their offensive lines. They yes, they move around the pocket as well as anyone. They're great at maneuvering and like, you know, moving six inches one way to avoid a sack, stepping up, but they can't get out of the pocket the way Patrick Mahomes can. We just saw, and Josh Allen, the same, you know, to a similar degree, we just kept seeing it over and over when there's nothing going on, when their offensive lines can't keep guys blocked, they're able to get out of the pocket and run. So I'm not going to bet against that guy. I want to move on, but I, I want to ask you one more thing about the chiefs quickly. This is their fourth straight AFC championship game. If they win, obviously it'll be their third straight Super Bowl appearance. They're not at the point yet. I don't feel like with the Patriots were like, Everyone hated them, right? Like if you weren't a Patriots fan, you hated, right? You hated them. But the the Chiefs, now I think if you didn't have a rooting interest, I think most of America was probably rooting for the Bills because of the circumstance I talked about earlier. But I don't think people 
like hate the Chiefs unless you're a Bills fan right now. Do you think, I mean, do you agree with me on that? And if you do, kind of what more is it like if they win the Super Bowl again, or what more is it going to take for them to get to that, you know, Brady, Belichick, Pats level? Not, not in terms of accomplishment, but just in terms of if you are not a Pats fan, you hate them. Yeah. It, I, I think one of the differences is entertainment value. Just strictly right. from like a watching perspective, Patrick Mahomes is more entertaining than Tom Brady. Tyreek Hill is more entertaining than pretty much any wide receiver they ever had, I guess, outside of maybe Randy Moss. And Travis Kelsey is, is all of them. They're just like really fun to watch. The Patriots, in my opinion, were never fun to watch. They just executed better than anyone else. And so I think that's, what is saving Kansas city from being hated at the moment. If they win the super bowl this year and presuming they go back and at least make it to the AFC championship next year, I think that's when it's going to be like, okay, enough. It's enough. Like it's, it's, it's enough. Somebody, somebody needs to do something. But I think for the moment, I think that's kind of the separation. Speaking of it being enough, Bobby, we may have seen Tom Brady's final game yesterday, losing in the divisional round to the Rams Almost, I mean, technically, I guess they did complete the epic comeback because they did tie that game with about 40 seconds to go. Matt Stafford responds, hits, hits Cooper Cup on that bomb down the middle of the field. Rams kick a game-winning field goal to move on to the NFC Championship game. Let's start with the winner this time, Bobby, the Rams. How do you feel about the Rams coming out of that game? Do you feel like they are, they were just lucky to win that game, essentially? Or are they, you know, do you view them as this elite team that can win the Super Bowl this year? I think, I think it's the latter, I think. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. Any team that has Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller on the defensive end, or sorry, on the defensive side of things, is just how do you count that team out and not especially favor them, especially going into a game against San Francisco, which we'll also get into. But They've lost them twice, though, this year. I know, but I feel like the team is gelling finally you know, at the time that they needed to gel. I mean, what they, they won 12 games. They won yeah. 12 games. But they just had, they just narrowly, I mean, you're saying they're gelling. They just narrowly avoided what would be one of the worst collapses in the history of sports. But take out the final six minutes of that game. <laughs> and they dominated. I mean, they did. They did. dominated. And so Stafford looks good. Cooper Cup, I, I, I truly think there's a, there's a commercial where they, I forgot, it's maybe it's Amazon or somebody gives Aaron Donald some technology where he becomes invisible and yeah. he can like tackle somebody, right? I feel like that's what happens with Cooper Cup. He's just invisible and nobody sees yeah. him. I don't understand how he's doing it. Yeah, this team is really good. It's really good. Odell is not the Odell that we'd like him to be, right? To be like the absolute greatest, but he's still pretty damn good. Yeah, very good. Uh, Stafford is coming up clutch in big moments, which we haven't really seen from him in the playoffs because he's only played in three games. So there's only so many instances to see that. And yeah, I mean, given what's left, yes, they are a threat again, betting on Kansas city, but they're a threat to do it. I, I, I would bet on them to at least make it to the Super Bowl, right? It's tough. All the pressure I think is on them this week, even though San Francisco has won the two times that they played them. And I think they've won their last six, even that they've played, but we talked about it last week. This is a all or nothing team for the Rams. They, they went all in. They've traded all essentially like all of their draft picks, all their, their currency to improve, to get, you know, Stafford and Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller. So, so there is no, 
there is no moral victories for this team to even just get to the Super Bowl. They have to win the whole thing. And they showed a lot of resilience this week. There's no question about it because I think when the, when the Bucks tied that game and Fournette runs the ball in with 40 seconds, we all expected at that point Tampa Bay was going to win the game. It yeah. was just, it seemed inevitable that the Rams would actually turn the game around after having, like you said, a six minute stretch that now it'll just be a footnote. But if they had, if it, if they had lost the game, we probably would have opened with that. Like as, as great mm-hmm. as the bills chiefs game was, that's as bad of a collapse as this would have been. And they show resilience to, to be able to go down the field in those 40 seconds, kick the field goal, win the game. But still, I wonder is that enough? Like if they get into a situation next week and it's not going to be, even if they're not blowing out San Francisco, if they're up 10 points in the third quarter, Stafford throws a pick or, you know, cup fumbles the ball, whatever it is, they face some adversity again. Well, having overcome yesterday's, you know, enable them to be like, all right, no big deal. We almost blew it last week. We came back and won the game. You know, we're fine. Or, you know, does it weigh on them even more? Like, Oh my God, we were so lucky to win last week after we basically like coughed up the game you know, are we going to be able to do that again? And just the pressure mount on them in terms of talent. Yeah. I think they're, they're better than San Francisco. There's, there's a lot to like about San Francisco. Obviously the defense is really good. They, they held Aaron Rodgers on the road to 10 points this week. That's not easy to do. Debo Samuel is probably the most electric player in the league. The guy that, you know, when the ball is in his hands, you have the highest hopes for of anyone in the league. It's just that it comes down to the quarterbacks, right? Like more often than not, this is not, obviously this isn't a hard and fast rule because they just beat, Green Bay and the mm-hmm. quarterback disparity there was, was even bigger than it is here. But more often than not, when you get these, you know, really good teams playing against each other, you're just going to bet on the better quarterback. There's no, uh, there's no question that Stafford is the better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I guess I would agree with you, you know, probably lean towards the Rams. We can both say though that Stafford is not better than Tom Brady. Never has been, never will be, isn't right now. Bobby was yesterday in your opinion. I know there's, you know, just guessing here, just going on gut feel and everything that we know up to this point was yesterday. Tom Brady's last game in the NFL. No way. No way. He's had to, I mean, he, statistically this season, he might've had the best season of any quarterback this year. Yep. Statistically, He could win the MVP. He could absolutely win the MVP. Dude ain't going away. Right. He said, he's going to go talk to his family. And at, look, had he won the Super Bowl this year, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the end. He's too good. He's too good and he knows it and he knows he can win another one. And I'll bet you he does. I'll bet you before Tom Brady retires, he wins another Super Bowl. Now, you know, is it crazy to think that like maybe he takes a year off and then comes back? I think he could do anything, but I, I, I can't believe that we've seen the last of Tom Brady. There's no way. Now, have we seen the last of Tom Brady in Tampa? Better odds there. Still unlikely. I think he has a really good gig there, especially remember he nearly won that game without Chris Godwin and with all yeah. the other injuries that they have, like their offensive no, line was all yeah. Bad. I, I, I give give Tom a healthy Tampa, and and he's probably as good as anybody. Yeah, if I had to bet on it, I would agree with you. I think he plays another year. That being said, he's definitely being more coy about it now than we've seen him be in the past, and I think the longer it takes for him to get to that decision the more the odds increase that he actually will retire because every year up to this point, you know, the question has been asked, Tom, is this your last year? Are you playing again? And he's always been essentially like just unequivocal. Yeah. You know, I want to play till I'm 45. Then this year we're saying maybe I'll play till I'm 50. He's never given any hint 
to make us think he might actually retire. Then this week, obviously, you have all the reports swirling. Maybe he's really considering it this time. It might actually happen. He's, you know, freaking 45 years old. After the game, he doesn't really want to talk about it. And then I, I saw today it said on, on some podcast that, you know, talking about how his kids deserve, you know, his time, his wife deserves his time. So I, I agree with you. If I had to bet it, I'd say he comes back for the reasons you said. He was still arguably the best quarterback in the league this year. He showed no signs of dropping off. The team, I don't know what their salary cap situation is, but I imagine they've got a, a, as good a chance as anybody in the NFC to get back to, you know, the, where they were last year in the Super Bowl. And I think that's going to be too much for him to pass up. But the longer it takes, the more likely I think that he is done altogether. Speaking of quarterbacks that are done in their current situation, Jared, also this past weekend, the San Francisco 49ers hit a game-winning, time-expiring field goal, Robbie Gould, who hits it to send the number one seeded Green Bay Packers home on the road. And we may have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers ever at Lambeau Field as a Packer. We'll get into that in a second. I'm more interested in the 49ers, Jared. You and I agree that the 49ers are a good team. They made the playoffs. They are in the NFC Championship. What I'm struggling to identify here is why. If you watch the game, which most people did. It wasn't a particularly entertaining game. You know, it was, no. it was really the end of it. That really was, was interesting. So I'll, I'll throw this to you. They hold green Bay to 10 points. What is Jared, the one thing or person that is most responsible for San Francisco's success? Cause I don't know what it is or who it is. If you're looking at a group of people, an entity, it's the defensive line. Their defensive line with Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa, they can get pressure just rushing four guys consistently. And that makes it extremely hard for an offense to be able to score points to carve you up because you can drop seven guys in coverage. You don't have to worry about sending guys on blitzes or exotic designs to get guys to the quarterback. You can just rely on your front four to win their matchups and to get to the quarterback. Now, Aaron Rodgers, there was a time in his career where I wouldn't call him a scrambler, but he was, you know, he could, you could count on him to run to evade pressure. He's just not that guy anymore. Like I said, he can move around the pocket very well, maybe better than anybody, but he's not, you know, you're not worried in the same way as you are about a guy like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes for him, you know, running the ball 10 times for 50 to 60 yards. It's just not his game anymore. And so they were able to get pressure on him consistently. They were able to bottle him up and that made it very difficult to score points. If you're looking for one particular guy, I think it's Debo Samuel. Like yeah. I said, the guy is yeah. the most electric player in the league. You have to be, whenever he's on the field, the defenses have to be aware of where he is and, and give him extra attention. Cause look, we can do kind of by process of elimination, right? Like it's certainly not Garoppolo. The run game, I mean, you, certainly you could give credit to Elijah Mitchell. And maybe you want to say the offensive line. Kittle's good, but they don't have any other than Debo. There's no one there that really, really scares you, right? Like no disrespect to Kittle. He's a really good tight end, but he's, you know, he's somewhat dependent on Garoppolo and he's not, he's not as dynamic. I would say as a guy like Debo Samuel, who, yeah, he didn't have a touchdown this week, but anytime he touches the ball is a threat to score a touchdown. Like he did so many times this year. It's crazy with Debo. And I know this isn't true, but it honestly felt like every single time the ball was in his hands, they got a first down. That's truly yeah. how it felt. 
you know, he's as fast and elusive as Alvin Kamara and as tough and hard hitting as Derrick Henry. Like mm-hmm. the guy is just the ultimate weapon. I, I, I think he's probably the answer for me, although, you know, for an offense that put up 13 points, you know, it's hard to say that, but yeah, it's wild, you know, like the team beat the Dallas Cowboys who, in my opinion, are a better team than San Francisco. Yeah. They went on the road, beat the number one seeded Green Bay Packers against one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks in, in Aaron Rodgers and, and shut them down completely. And this is all, keep in mind, right? Like Aaron Rodgers really didn't make any like critical mistakes. Jimmy Garoppolo made another critical mistake, an interception down in the red zone. I just, I don't believe in the 49ers to win for the rest, at least of this playoffs, right? I don't bet on them winning in the NFC championship. And should they win that? I certainly don't bet on them winning no matter who comes out of the AFC. If it's Kansas city, definitively no. If it's Cincinnati, I still don't believe it. Like I, I think they're fourth by a long shot in this group, but look, hats off to them. Hats off to Kyle Shanahan, hell of a team. What do we do about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> what do we do here? I, I don't. Who is Aaron Rodgers? Where is he going? What are we talking about? Yeah, so I think it's 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 just too easy. It's impossible to not say he's the new Peyton Manning, right? He's this he's this next iteration of Peyton Manning. This guy that. Both of these guys will go down. Like if Rodgers retires tomorrow, which is possible, it sounds like you know people are saying that could happen. He goes down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, definitively top ten. I think he can certainly make a case for top five. And Peyton Manning is is that same thing, right? He's probably higher up, you know, than than Rodgers. Closer to you know, you could argue Peyton Manning is a top three quarterback of all time, but his entire career, he dealt with that question of can Peyton like win the big game. Yes. He won a he won one Super Bowl before, you know, he won the second one the last year, like really was a passenger on that team. He won one Super Bowl as like the main driver. So you can't say he couldn't win the big game, but at the end of the day, his playoff record was not great. Right. We, mm-hmm. we just, every year that was the question. And, and now we've come to the point with Aaron Rodgers where it's the same. And, and look, I gave Rodgers credit last week of, you know, having dealt with Mike McCarthy as his head coach for so long and winning the Super Bowl. And he does deserve credit for that. And you can't take away a Super Bowl win, but he's never been back. Never been back to the Super Bowl. He's what I think one in three in, in conference championship games. Oh, and this four week, against San Francisco. Yeah, zero oh and four against San Francisco. And this week, it's it's not a Josh Allen situation, right? Like Josh Allen this week played yep. as well yep. as you could have asked him to play. His defense just didn't hold up at the end. No fault on, on his part. Aaron Rodgers did not play well. It, I mean, it's a it's a home game. You have I I don't care. I I just you know, gave a lot of praise to San Francisco's defense and they're absolutely deserving of it. They're a good defense. You cannot score 10 points in a home playoff game when you're the number one seed. You just can't do it. Do you give any pass to like weather at all? Does that play a factor in this? Because it was snowing and like freezing. No, he's played his entire career in that. All I heard before the game is how many games Rodgers has won when the weather is below 30 degrees. Garoppolo's never played in that type of weather. And Garoppolo didn't play well. But I expect, I mean, they essentially played to a draw. Yeah, Jimmy had an interception, mm-hmm. Rodgers didn't. But mm-hmm. it was basically a draw. And that's just not, for, for a guy to, who we think of and who deserves to be called one of the best of all time, 
that's not enough. You know, yeah. that's, uh, and yeah. he, he did a lot for the team this year. He might win the MVP and he, he you know, he's deserving of it, but I, am I wrong to say he is the new Peyton Manning? I don't think so. I don't think so. Which is like the ultimate compliment and the ultimate insult at the exact yeah. same time. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. Aaron Rodgers is going to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback ever. Eh, probably all right. Tom Brady's ahead of him for sure. Yep. Everybody yep. else, there's an argument to be made. And yet he's just remarkably unclutch. He wins a Super Bowl, is the pinnacle and like mm-hmm. cement your career. But when you're as good as he is, you expect to win, let's just say multiple, right? Two or more. And he's fallen short. He had a home NFC championship game last year and could have done it again this year. Yeah. And, and just totally fell flat. It is very disappointing. I don't think we see him in green Bay anymore. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think he, a comes back and B is it, if he does, is it with the Packers? Yeah. I, I, I think he plays again. I think similar with, with Tom, there's just too much skill and too much yeah. ability to win a championship, you know, once you're out from the game, right? Unless you're Brett Favre, you're out and that's it. And like, you'll never get that time <laughs> back and you can only hold on to it for so long. How many guys are ever going to be this good at any sport? And these guys are yeah. good right now. And, and so, yeah, we'll see him again. I, this off season's going to be wild because you got Tom who will probably be back with Tampa. You got Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not be somewhere else. Russell Wilson, who may or may not yeah. be somewhere else. Just, and Watson too. We haven't talked about it. exactly. He gets traded. Huge names. So I think Aaron probably gets first choice out of any of those guys, and will wind up somewhere else other than Green Bay. Especially if Devonte Adams does not come back to Green Bay, which is another yeah. big thing. They could tag him, but we'll see. I think he plays again. I just don't think it's in Green Bay. It's funny because I think going into this game, which you know, most people expected the Packers to win because of how good their regular season was. And it seemed like his relationship with the team has improved. I think more people than not would have answered that question. Yeah. He'll be back in green. He'll probably be back in green Bay next year. Now they lose the game. And it feels like that narrative has totally shifted to people saying he probably won't be back in green Bay. There's a lot of salary. You alluded to it. There's a lot of salary cap issues that need to be fixed. If it was, if the same exact team was coming back next year, I'd say he probably ends up back in green mm-hmm. Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible given the cap ramification. So yeah, I agree, I agree with you again. I think he's back next year. If I had to bet today, I think it's somewhere other than Green Bay. Bobby, another quarterback who maybe the team has to reevaluate their plans for him, the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Like the Packers, Bobby, the Titans, the number one seed in the AFC, lose a home playoff game on a field goal at the buzzer. This one to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bobby, if you are the Tennessee Titans, the answer you is no. Got, the answer is no, but go ahead. I mean, yes, you got the number one seed and you played well. You deserve that. But to me, it's like you look at the two teams in the other game, the Bills and the Chiefs. Those quarterbacks are so, so, so much better than Ryan Tannehill. I know the, I know the Titans beat those teams this year, but in a game that really matters. I don't know. Is Tannehill just Jimmy G? Is he basically that kind of quarterback where it's like, you, you have to put an amazing supporting cast around him to get to the level that you want to be in order to beat those teams. And if that's the case, do you need to be like the 49ers, you know, this past year and say, I know we have a pretty good quarterback, a serviceable guy in Jimmy Garoppolo, but we need to trade our draft picks to move up 
to find a guy that could actually get us to the next level. Jared, Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. Jimmy G is at best average. You think there's a big difference between the two of them? I'm actually curious. I'm, so I'm looking up QBR, and I'm just curious. Like QBR is an interesting stat. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's one to look up. Ryan Tannehill is eighth on this list ahead of Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and Joe Burrow. And then underneath Joe Burrow is Jimmy Garoppolo, just ahead of Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and Mac Jones. It's not the end-all, be-all, but Ryan Tannehill knows how to win. The guy went to the AFC Championship game. The guy led a Derrick Henry list team to the number one seed. He beat Kansas City. He beat Buffalo. He didn't look good. He didn't look good on Saturday. It's not a good look, but it's also not. It what we think Aaron Rodgers is bad now. And I, and I know we're not comparing Aaron Rodgers and, and Ryan Tannehill, but like the guy led them to the number one seed without a healthy AJ Brown for most of the year, without a healthy Derrick Henry for most of the year. The defense was very good. Julio Jones was out for most of the year. Like, come on, let's, let's, let's give Ryan Tannehill a little bit more credit than he's due. He looked really good all year, like not elite, but I'd say he's in that, like, there's like legendary, then there's like elite. And then there's like pretty good, solid quarterbacks. He's in that third tier right there. He's in there with guys like, I don't know, Kirk Cousins. He's in there with Derek Carr. right, Right. And that's I think Tennessee is good enough to win a championship with Ryan Tannehill. I'll say that. See, I think it kind of goes to your larger philosophy on sports because look at the quarterbacks in the AFC. You have obviously Mahomes and Allen, the top of the top. Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? <laughs> I mean, what are, what are you trying to do to be here? You have you have Mahomes and Josh Allen, two. I mean, you could argue the two best quarterback, you know, take out Rodgers and Brady because they're going to be gone, you know, fairly soon. Those two might be the best quarterbacks over the next 10 years, right? You have Joe Burrow, rising star. You have Justin Herbert, rising star. You have Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP. Maybe Trevor Lawrence turns into something. You know, the guy was a generational prospect a year ago. We're not really willing to write him off yet. Who knows Mac, what happens with Mac Sean. Jones. Hey, Mac Jones, who knows what happens to Deshaun Watson? I referenced him earlier. I don't know if he's going to play again, but at this time last year, we were all saying Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in football. He's 27 years old. So who knows? You have all these great young quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill is not better than any of those guys. He's never going to be better than any of those guys. Barring injury, you know, if the teams are relatively healthy, if, those, if he goes up against any of those guys in the playoffs, those guys are going to be favored to win. So can Tennessee beat them in a given year? Like if things go well and maybe, you know, they stay really healthy and other teams have injuries, can they get there and win a Super Bowl? Yeah, probably, but their odds are against it every single year. More, it's more likely than not that it will never happen. So if the goal, if you, if like the ultimate philosophy is to make sure you, your team has the best chance every single year to win a Super Bowl, they probably do have to pull what, what the San Francisco 49ers did last year and like try to, upgrade and get like you know the next level of quarterback that could get at least be in the conversation with some of those other great quarterbacks in the AFC if the point is to basically like field a, a really good team every year a team that if things break right could win a Super Bowl it's not inconceivable then yeah I guess they can stick with what they have I, I don't I don't know what they should do I don't think they're going to move off of Tannehill this year I, I have a hard time believing that's going to happen but I don't think it's crazy to ask the question 
Jared, we have talked about football this entire time and as it should be. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left here in this part. I just, I just, I just want to address something very quickly because I think we need to touch on it briefly with the NBA. Hell of a weekend for the NFL, but the NBA season is not like just in the background. It, there are a lot of interesting things happening, so I'll just say this very quickly. In the Eastern Conference right now, there are six teams within two and a half games of first place. It's Miami, Brooklyn, Chicago, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. If you had to rank the three teams that you think will come out as the number one, two, and three seeds, who you got? Wow, I didn't realize Miami was that high. Okay, one, two, and three. I'm going to go Brooklyn number one. They're just so freaking talented. The Kyrie situation is crazy, but. They're still so good, even with him only playing as a part-time player. If he actually, you know, gets the shot or is able to play in all the games, I don't know how you don't put them number one. Chicago just had a big injury with Lonzo Ball, right? Um, I'm going to go – I think Chicago drops off a little bit. I'm going to go Miami number two, and I'll say Milwaukee gets that number three seed. Still a, a threat to win the title, but slight hangover, they get the number three seed. What do you think? Are you not impressed by Joel Embiid, though? Embiid has been a crazy week. Unbelievable week. And this is without Ben Simmons, you know? And and so I, I think Brooklyn is probably the pick. I still believe in Chicago. I think that team is deep. They got a lot. And when ball comes back, they'll be really good. So I'll go Brooklyn. I'll go Chicago. And, and, and I guess it's Milwaukee for me. I I think those are the three. Um, I don't trust Miami yet. 50 games is a lot, but I, I just don't see them pulling out at the end. So those are, I think those are my top three, but man, hell of a weekend for sports, man. Bobby, we started the show talking about the unbelievable climax to the weekend that was the chiefs over the bills and the divisional round of the playoffs. We're going to continue talking about that game now, but one specific aspect of it, there was a lot of conversation after that game. I mean, a lot of talk about a lot of things in that game, right? But one of, if not the biggest talking point coming out of that game was the overtime rules in the NFL and obviously the playoffs specifically. So the rules are, and they used to, it used to just be straight sudden death, right? Then they changed it a few years ago to now, if the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, the game's over. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. The Chiefs tie it with 13 seconds to go. They win the coin toss. The Bills, who you know just had this unbelievable fourth quarter, Josh Allen played the game of his life. They never get to touch the ball in overtime. They lose by six because the Chiefs go down the field and score a touchdown. A lot of outcry as to whether the overtime rules should be changed. Should there be some sort of system where – the bills are guaranteed to at least give a possession. Should they, you know, should there be some other kind of system put in place better than what we have now, which is, you know, coin toss. And if the team wins it, the team who wins the coin toss obviously has an advantage because they never have to give the ball up if they score a touchdown. Bobby, what are your thoughts on the matter? Absolutely change it. Look, any game at all that is played professionally in any sport should be determined by the players on the field. I'm not taking away anything from Kansas city or from Buffalo, but had Buffalo won the coin toss, good chance they win the game. 
Yeah, but I'm sorry. Was Buffalo's defense not on the field when Kansas City scored that no, touchdown? No, no, you can't. You can't make this argument. But it, it's not like the game was decided by the coin flip. You're being like, it's got to be decided by the players on the field. How about Buffalo's defense make a freaking stop? They didn't even get a chance. Josh Allen, who maybe potentially was the best player on that field that day, didn't even get a chance to win the game. That's the. Can you imagine if in baseball, when it went to extra innings? They flipped a coin for who got to hit first and the first person to score a run wins. That's crazy. Like we would be so upset if that was the rule because that's absurd. And, and, and my, and the, you know, to use your logic, it'd be like, well, you know, at least you, do you not have a pitcher? Do you not have a defense around you? Like this ridiculous dude. So, okay. So what would you, what, what would you do? How would you change it? You get, would you go to the college rules? Like, what would you do? Yeah, no, listen, you can flip a coin just like you do for kickoff, whoever gets the ball first, but, or, you know, whatever, but you, you get a chance to respond no matter what touchdown, two point conversion, field goal, doesn't matter. You get a chance to respond no matter what it is. So give Josh Allen the chance to go down there and score a touchdown. And then, and, and then after that, if you want to make it sudden death after that, mm-hmm. there's, there's a world where I can get behind that, but but to me, that doesn't make so much sense because it's like you're still – I hear what you're saying. Like Buffalo has a chance to tie the game and win. But then you kind of have the same problem. Where it's like, okay, if the Chiefs score a touchdown, Bills get a chance. If they go and score a touchdown, the Chiefs get the ball back. If they score a touchdown, the Buffalo you – know, the fans are still going to be saying, well, why shouldn't we get another chance to match it? It just happens to be because the Chiefs had, you know, an extra opportunity that they won the game. Then go to college. They go to college. And not where they start on like, you know, whatever it is, the 30-yard right, right, line right, or the 25-yard right. mm-hmm. line. But like – Make it like, you know, almost like baseball, right? Where like there's the top half of the inning and the bottom half of the inning. Right. And that's what it is. And you just play until somebody wins because that's so would what you, it would be. you say like, just kind of like a kickoff, like they start at their own 20, each offense starts at their own 25. And then you just basically do college rules from there. So you have to go 75 yards instead of 25 in, like it is in college. Yeah, absolutely. But like, you don't like if, if in college, uh, on the first possession, the def- defense intercepts the ball or gets a turnover. Right. They go down to the other side of the field and they start again from that 25. Right. I don't think right. that should be the case here. Right. If you like, if you march all the way down the field and then you throw some stupid interception in the end zone, then you start from the 20 and then you have to got to work your way back. Like it's, you shouldn't mm-hmm. like automatically start there, but it, it pained me so much to see Josh Allen sitting on the bench. He didn't even get a chance to will his team to victory which is the way the game is played right now. And it's not like unfair or, or fair. It's, it's, it's just, that's the way it is. I do think the rules should be changed. I don't think that there, cause, cause it is right. It's, it is an advantage yep. to get the ball first in overtime. It, it just is right. You determine whether or not, especially like game. in today's NFL where the, the game is shifted. So, like I said, so much to the offenses. Absolutely. And so if that's an advantage, then you're telling me a, a large advantage in a big time game or any game for that matter is determined by the referee flipping a coin. That's not good, right? Like that's bad. I'll say two things about this. First off, I think this, it's an interesting question to discuss and I'm happy to do it. I think it's gotten way too much play today. The Bills didn't lose that game because they lost the coin toss or because Patrick Mahomes got the ball first in overtime and, and scored. They lost for the reasons we talked about earlier because they yes. handed the ball to yes. the defense with 13 seconds to go and said, 
hold these guys to, to zero points in 13 freaking seconds and their defense couldn't get it done. And the same thing in overtime, right? All you have to do to give your team a chance, your offense a chance is hold them to three. I get it. It's difficult to do. Like I said, the game is slanted towards the offense and you're dealing with, you know, what maybe the best quarterback in football, a guy who, when it's all said and done, probably goes down as one of the best of all time on a crazy good offense. That being said, you are supposed to be this good defense. I'm not, we're not asking you to get a stop. We're asking you to hold them to three points. Shouldn't be, you know, you should be able to do it with better efficiency than they did yesterday. That and, and obviously the kick was a big part of it too. They should have made them feel the kickoff, but that's neither here, here nor there. We're talking specifically about the overtime rules. I don't have a huge, I don't have as big an issue of it as with it as you do. I, if the NFL decided not to change it, I wouldn't think it's that big of a deal. It's kind of just like this happened to the Chiefs a few years ago. It just like, I don't know, it kind of evens out over time. They played the Pats in the AFC Championship game a few years ago, went to overtime. Pats won the toss scored a touchdown. Mahomes never got a chance to touch the ball this year. The other thing happened. If Buffalo, like Josh Allen said, if Buffalo, if it had been the other way and Buffalo won the toss and went down and scored a touchdown, they'd be celebrating. Nobody, nobody on the Buffalo sideline was saying we need to, you need to get a chance to touch the ball. That being all of that being said, all of that disclaimed, Bobby, if I were in charge of these rules, I would change it to just play another 15 minute quarter, just play a fifth quarter. I know that's, Maybe that's a lot to ask for in the NFL because it's obviously, you know, it's a contact sport to the utmost degree, right? It's a lot of physicality. Um, and, you know, maybe guys aren't built to be able to do that. But to me, look at it like the NBA, right? The NBA is not like a sudden death kind of system. And obviously that, that would never happen in the NBA because it's much easier to score a basket than it is to score a touchdown. But to me, like, just play an extra quarter. Why are we stopping the quarter? You know, in the regular season, it's 10 minutes. If you want to change, you know what? Maybe this is what I would do. Regular season, keep it as it is. But for the playoff, is, it, is that stupid to do different roles for the playoffs? Like you just play the full quarter because the playoffs, you have the full 15-minute quarter. It's not 10 minutes. And obviously, in the regular season, it's tied after one quarter. They just have a tie. That's great. You can't have that in the playoffs. So I think I would just play the full quarter out. Like why? Why? It, I don't know. Is that is that – maybe I'm just being too simple – but we don't no. complain at the end of the fourth quarter. Like if a team, you know, yesterday when we were watching and we're, we're saying, oh, Buffalo just needs to bleed this clock down. And if they do, they take the lead. Nobody would be, and if, and if you know, if they had bleed it, bled it all the way down to zero and scored on the last play of the game, no one would be like, oh, but the Chiefs should get a chance to answer and try to tie the game. It's like, no, the clock ran out. So why don't we just do that with a fifth quarter? And if the, you know, one team will start with the ball, the other team will, I mean, unless the team has a 15-minute drive, which I don't think we've ever seen before, will get a chance to touch the ball and presumably tie the game. Is that is that just, like, too easy? No, I think that's a great idea. I, I, I think, you know, the downside to that is, like, if you finish in a tie after four quarters and you go to the overtime rules as is or as I proposed it, there's more drama in that, right? There's more drama and tension and, like, weight of every play. Yeah. But... I think that's the way to do it, right? Like basketball does that. It's just another right. period where people play. And like, that's right. how it goes. And baseball, there's, it's different because there's no clock, but you play a right. full inning, right? Like there's exactly. no. I, I, think, I think that's probably the best way to do it. It's a, it's a good way to do it. I agree. I nominate you to take over for Roger Goodell. <laughs> Jared, a lot of the absolute greats fell this past weekend. 
Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> all in the same conversation. Can I count on another one of the all-time greats, you yourself, returning next week for another episode? One thousand percent. No hesitancy here. No shyness. You heard it here first. I will be back. This is huge news. Please come back next week. We have Jared returning. Uh, it, it, it contract has not been signed yet, so you know it, it still remains to be seen. We're very excited about it. We'll have a ton more fun games, news, sports, maybe another trivia. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's not something you're gonna want to miss. One thousand percent, Bobby. Look, you just heard us talk. Give you the best content that you heard all day summarizing the NFL playoffs. There's only one place to get it. It's this podcast chatter up if you want more of it. We need you to rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. If you want to make, I mean, look, we do the best job there is out there, but there's always room for improvement. The only way to get better is to hear from the fans. What do you want? What do you want us to talk about? What do you want to come on and talk about? We'd love to have you get in touch with us on social media at chatter underscore up or just shoot us an email chatter podcast at gmail.com or just find us on the street just come to where we live knock on our doors we will stop what we're doing and just talk shop with you love to do it and most importantly just come back and listen next week we'll see you all next week with the next chatter up